Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3, if you would. I'm going to do something a little unusual. I'm going to preach a good message. Second Timothy 3, and I'm again reading in verse 14, and I'm going to read through chapter 4, verse 1. It says, <clears throat> yeah, it's all staying. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of it. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, through for this day. Thank you. Lord, for the morning services, Lord, it's a good service, uh, a good spiritual service, and I'm thankful for that. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit, if it be your will, to bless us in this one. Bless us, Lord, as we, uh, as we talk about a subject that is rarely talked about in churches. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Several years ago, uh, I was called on to preach a charge to a new preacher. Now, I know all of you heard me preach the one I preached to Brother Kendall from this pulpit. But uh, this happened to be the first one that I was ever called to preach a charge. I'm not going to mention the preacher's name because of you going out there on the internet. Uh, but I'm, uh, I am going to uh, preach the charge that I preached to him going into the ministry. I've studied years and years on what the, uh, a lot more years now than I had before I preached this message. But um, I've studied on what is the responsibilities of a preacher or a pastor. Well, we live in a day when a pastor has a lot more responsibilities than probably they had, uh, well, 50 years ago. Um, preacher has a lot more responsibilities because a lot of people will leave the preacher things to do that sometimes they should do them. But um, this is what I preached to this brother. As I said, I won't mention his name, but I'm going to talk about it 
the first message I preached on a charge to an elder that had uh, was going to be pastor. He preached. This this man had happened to have preached for several years before he ever took a church to pastor. And he took a church to pastor, and the church called on me to preach a charge to him. Uh, I really didn't know what I was going to preach. Matter of fact, up until this time, I had never heard but one charge preached to one preacher. And I, I never heard. I remember I heard Brother Al Gormley preach a charge to one of the young preachers in the Brian Station Baptist Church that was going out to pastor a church. <coughs> Excuse me. And he preached a charge to him, and I, I heard it. And I thank I'm thankful for that because it helped me in listening to Brother Al Gormley preach a charge. It uh, it gave me a little better, I guess, a little better confidence in the fact that that I can preach a charge to a preacher as to what is expected of him as an elder. That is, uh, and I, I won't say this uh, before I get started. You're not an elder when you're called to preach. No preacher is called to preach and called to be an elder at the same time. None. None that I know of. None, none that I know of in the scriptures was ever called to be an elder at the same time they were called to preach. Because the right, the right um, a way of doing it is that you accept the call to preach the church license you to preach, and you go out and you preach sometimes for a while before you ever consider before the Lord ever calls you to pastor. And um, that's the way it's always been. That's the way it was in the scriptures. You know, Timothy Timothy was not yet pastoring a church, and but Timothy had been preaching for ever since he was young. He'd been preaching. He'd never pastored a church, but yet uh, when he got, Paul was charging him on, when when that time comes up, when that time comes up, Paul was charging him on what he should do and how he should accomplish uh, the the work of an elder. Now, Now, this is a true saying. From an elder who has who has loved what he's doing, talking about myself. This is a true saying from an elder who has loved the ministry, who has loved to be a pastor, and for many years. And and I want to see you, and I'm re- I'm referring to the brother that. Uh, is that I'm preaching a charge. I want to see you blessed of God more than you can know. And uh, and that will happen. Um, you desire the office of an elder. Your desire for the office of an elder is a good work. 
It's a good work, and it is a good work. When when God calls a man to be an elder, I said God is calling him to a good work, a good work that uh, that um, that God puts him in. And I want to say this: outside of of all the preachers that I know, uh, there's only been a few that I know of has not accomplished that good work that God, God has called them into because they got into other things and and it took away from what God had called them to do to be the pastor of a church. And I want to say this, uh, before I go any further here, uh, I'm skipping over some of this because for per- for, for reasons. But, uh, you know, when God calls, when God called me to pastor, that's what he called me to do, was to pastor that church. I was not ordained, I was not ordained to the ministry until I'd been, I'd already been preaching for a while before I was ordained as a pastor. Been preaching for Oh, almost a year and a half. You know, this is a, I, 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 I served as interim pastor of Salem Missionary Baptist Church in Willow Hill, Illinois for four months. And, but I wasn't ordained as a pastor. And then I served, um, um, Calvary Baptist Church in Santana, Kentucky for almost a year before I was ordained to be an elder. And and to me, that was good. That was good for me. That was good for me to do that, you know. To step in right off, as, as I like to say, to step in right off the street and start trying to pastor a church, it's not going to work. It's, it's just not going to work. And... Um, and this is um, the reason that uh, I want to preach this today. As I spoke to this young man, I said, "You always, you always be careful not to reproach the office that you have desired." That's one of the key things. Is a lot of preachers reproach that office. They get into trouble. They get into trouble with um, uh, with affections and such and such as this, and and they get into trouble. And um, this is something that um, needs to be thought of. You must always be on your best spiritual guard. You know, you you've always got to be on your best spiritual guard. You don't know that that next person who is dressed like somebody is not the devil in disguise. Now that's that's what a pastor go, has to go through. You 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 don't know you don't know why that person is coming to you and why that person is seeking you and such. And you don't you have to figure out whether they are possibly the devil in disguise. That happens. 
That has happened for many, many preachers. Many, many preachers have been brought down because the devil approached them in disguise. And they didn't realize that that's what was happening. They, they, they didn't use their spiritual sense in, in, in seeing what, what was going on. If you ever thought in your life that you would like to, you would like to vigilantly and also be hospitable at the same time, you have come to the, the right place. Because it, it happens. Not only do you have to be vigilant all the time, but you also have to be hospitable sometimes. But you've got to determine which is, which is it. Which is it's taking place as I, as I talk to this young preacher. Now I'm going to say this. This preacher got in trouble. Soon, pretty soon after I preached his charge. Wasn't too long after that, so I just want to let you know that. I'm not going to use his name because he got in trouble. You got to be vigilant. And I preached this to him before he got in trouble. You got to be vigilant and also be hospitable, and sometimes you have to do it at the same time. You can't just if you if you feel that there's a possibility that is a devil in disguise, then you got to treat them just like you would someone that's not a, as a devil in disguise. That's hard to do. You you got to know when to do that and how much you can do concerning those things. I can tell you experiences. I'm not going to tell you my experiences because I'm I'm just telling you what I preach to this uh, this young this preacher. I'm not saying he was a young preacher either, but what I preach to this preacher. Paul said in 1 Timothy 3, in verse 2, he said, For men shall be lovers, or second uh, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy, and, and 1 Timothy uh, 3, and verse 2 says, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, and I'm not going to argue what he's referring to there, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own household, his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. You, you, you know, you can't go into it. You know, some people say, well, I'm... I'm this and I'm that. I, I can go in. I can pastor churches as good as anybody can because I know what I'm doing. Well, that's not necessarily so. You know, you, you've got to, what Paul tells Timothy here is that uh, you can't go in there, as a, in other words, go right straight in from being called a priest to pastor. That's a novice that does that. 
There's someone, there's someone that hasn't sat down and thought out what's, what's going to happen as far as pastoring is concerned. But, uh, the key to it is here that I was telling him that you have to be vigilant and hospitable too because the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that a, uh, that a, a band that's going to be a pastor, he has to, he has to know how to be vigilant and he has to know how to be hospitable all at the same time. And it, it's not easy. Not easy. Now, I said, let me charge you today as if I was the great apostle Paul charging young Timothy. I know that I fall very short of being, uh, of being even an average elder. But God has blessed me greatly. <clears throat> God has blessed me with a great ministry which has spanned, and I'm not going to say how long because you may be able to figure out when it was, but I gave the time that God had had me in the ministry. Now, we want to look at Paul's, we already talked about it, Paul's instructions to Timothy. But I charge you, along with all the previous things, to preach the word. I've learned if you preach the unadulterated word of God, God will do the rest. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove and rebuke. This will be one of the hardest things you will ever have to do. But you do it with all the long-suffering and doctrine that is there is for a man to do. Now, I'm going to say this. I heard a preacher three weeks ago. A preacher came to talk to me about having to discipline their former pastor. Tears run down his cheeks when he came and talked to me about it. And I said, Brother, I know that's hard to do. He said, You just, he said, I know you know, but he said, You just don't know how hard it is for me to do it. He said, I can't visualize having to exclude another pastor brother from a church because of some of the things he's done. Now, that, that's, that's hard to do. But it, it, it's hard enough to have to discipline anyone. It really is. For me, it is. You know, that's the reason I put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. Because it's hard to do. You may think, well, it's easy, but it's not. It's not. It's not easy to do. But it's a hard thing to do. And I told this preacher here, I said, if you ever have to discipline someone... It's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult for you to do, especially if you love them and care about them and, and, and have uh, preached to them. Now, if you stay in the office of a practicing elder, you will see times when people will just get tired of a practicing, of your, your preaching, and they will look for other things which are not as taxing up on them as following sound doctrine. And they do it. They do it, and it, it's a hurtful thing. 
when someone is a member of the church and they leave the church, that's a hurtful thing. And I, I, I related all this to him, that that is a hurtful thing for that to happen. Ah, some people said, well, he's, he's a preacher, he's hard-nosed, just like one preacher told Joseph about me. Joseph told him that he married my granddaughter and that preacher told him, so that Paul Jackson just an old hard nose. Well, it's not, I'm not always hard nose. You know, I do cry. I have many, many times. I have prayed and I have right there, kneeled down, prayed and cried because I've had to pray for people who we're doing things they shouldn't be doing. You, you, don't, you don't understand it. And I told him, I said, when you get to that point, <coughs> I said, it's not going to be easy. I've heard preachers, and when I was a young preacher, I'd go to a Bible conference or something, I hear preachers bragging about excluding people. Boy, after the Lord sent me into ministry and sent me a, as a pastor, I don't understand how they do that. Because I can't do that. How they brag about disciplined people and, and such. So I, I let him know that. But regardless of what happens, you must continue on. Don't begin to preach fables to try to Maybe make yourself more popular. Don't begin to preach fables. Uh, fables is uh, initiated mysteries or fiction, such as innuendos, suggestions that let people form their own mind. That is, that's what an innu innuendo is. Men's imaginations are far. And why, and, and wide. You don't preach to satisfy the people. Innuendo says, you know, that you, that, that gives you something that lets you start thinking about yourself. What, what would happen? No, you've got to preach the Word of God. The Word of God teaches us how all of us should live, teaches us how a pastor should pastor, teaches us how a, uh, how a deacon should be a deacon teaches us how people, a Sunday school teacher is to be a Sunday school teacher, and, and it teaches us all those things. And, and, and the Bible's very clear on those things, on what God expects out of people, and just preach it. Don't, don't try to go to something that'd be more interesting to people. But a lot of preachers, people are doing that. There's preachers right now that are trying to change the way they preach because they feel that people weren't interested in the way they were preaching and that people is not interested in possibly the way I preach. They're not interested in it. So they go to a different way of, of, of proclaiming a message. Well, let me tell you, folks, um, preachers should never do that. They should just preach a word as long as God... As long as God has them where they are, they should preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. 
reprove whenever it needs to be reproved, rebuke whenever rebuking needs to be, and correct whenever correction needs to take place. Reprove whenever reproving needs to take place. But he should do it through the word of God. I call this preacher's name. I said, just remember, you're called by sovereign God to preach the gospel of truth. Of truth. And God has seen fit set you in this office that you sought. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. If God did not set you in this office, I was telling him, if God did not set you in this office, it is not too late to say, no, I'm not going to go through with it. Right now, I told him, I said, right now, you can say, and I think I said the same thing to Brother Kendall, right now, you can say, I don't want to go through with it anymore. Nothing wrong with that. You're causing yourself a lot of heartache when you try to live a, the kind of life that you once lived and then try to pastor a church. you got to give that up. you got to give that up. My daughters know that when I came to Georgia, I loaded them in a little honeybee. You know what a honeybee was, Brother Sam? You don't know? Well... Dotson came out with a, what they called a honeybee. It was a little car. Shelly, Shelly remembers it, I know. And because we had it full of stuff, and them two was sitting in the back seat, crammed up with stuff in, in the back seat when we came down here 43 years ago. Rhonda's mother came out and bid us by. And she went in and cried because them two little girls were sitting in that back seat all crammed up. Sometimes you got to do things like that. People don't understand it. They don't understand what it's like when God calls you to pastor a church. You got preachers that go on and try to do what they always done. They try to get their girlfriends. That's why Rhonda gets so upset. Doug Newell knows that, and he keeps her upset. Doug will probably listen to this. He listens about all of them. Doug Newell told her sometime back that he had a he was dating a 25-year-old, and Rhonda blessed him out. <laughs> and, uh, and then he told her the other day that he hired two women to work in the apple orchard, and he said, one of them is staying with me. <laughs> Rhonda blessed him out again. <laughs> well, she's not. He just, he just telling her those things to get her, get her upset. But this, you got to give it up. You got, you got to give, you got to give, you give it up, you know. When I sat down to do something, I sat down yesterday to watch, last night, to watch a Georgia football game, and I said, I'll get to watch this game if somebody don't call, and I have to leave. You, you, have, to, you have to realize you have to do that. 
If God did not set you in this office, it is not too late to say no. You must endure the afflictions which go with the ministry. You must make full proof that you belong in this office. And that's important. And I went on and said, I want to say something to those of the, and I called the name of the church that he was going to. They were there. Some of them were there. I want to charge you, talking about the church, to follow this brother, to constantly pray for this brother, support this brother in spiritual things and in material things. This brother is a clay man just like all of you. He has his faults. He has his failures. He has his, his victories. He has his ups and his downs. He's just like you. He's no different. But we have to remember to, to realize that this was the ministry. And I finished that message with, I do pray this will be a long relationship as all of you serve God together and realize you have realized who has control of all things. That makes it, and I said here one time that somebody asked one time why we get along so well, not only with one another, but with the pastor. Y'all remember what I told them? I told them it's because we love one another. That's the reason. If you don't love your church, you're not going to be happy with it. If you don't love your pastor, you're not going to be happy with him. And if I don't love you, then I'm not going to be happy with you. There's one thing I want to say this as far as I'm concerned. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be sad. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy in the Lord. I want you to be happy in your church. I want you to be happy as you listen to the Word of God being preached. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. That's all I, that's all I care about as a pastor. I want you to be happy. And I'm not gonna, someone's not happy, I'm not gonna treat them any differently than someone that's happy. You folks know me. You know me well enough to know this. So I just thought that'd be good for me to mention this. That was the first charge I ever preached to someone who was going to be a pastor. All right, let's form a circle.